You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Hi guys, welcome to evening service again. Um, first and foremost, I know most of you did not expect to see me um, um, today. You always expect to see me alone today um but then the the person who um is supposed to be with us in today's live video is unavoidably absent she couldn't make it and so it's me poco your beloved that's going to be talking to you guys today let's just pray before we get into it father we thank you for the privilege to fellowship with one another and we thank you for the privilege to bring words of wisdom across or to each other and to speak and in, um, inspire people to live their best lives, lives and use their potentials to the maximum. Lord, we pray that the words we speak today will change lives in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So I'm just going to go straight to the point and talk about the things that I want to talk about in today's video. And I want to talk about the spirit of excellence and an excellent spirit. So I need you to understand that I'm talking about the spirit of excellence and an excellent spirit. And the, both of them are different, really. The spirit of excellence really speaks to, um, you know, the innate or the innate ability that God has put in every believer that enables the believer to go the extra mile. You know what I mean? The innate ability to go the extra mile that God has put in every believer. Listen, as a believer, if you have received the Holy Ghost, if the Holy Spirit has been put inside of you, then one of the things that God has put inside of you is a, is a spirit of excellence, a spirit that causes you to want to do excellently. Do you understand what I'm saying? And um, that's not even where I want to dwell today. That's actually not what I want to dwell on today. I want to dwell on an excellent spirit. There is such a thing as an excellent spirit. In Daniel chapter 6, Verse 3, verse three. the Bible says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in him. What is an excellent spirit? An excellent spirit is really a culture of excellence. Now, let me explain something to you. A culture that you haven't imbibed, you cannot um, reproduce. And so we see a lot of, we see a lot of um, people who run businesses. We see a lot of people who um, want to do great in life, trying to get other people to be excellent. But they themselves don't have an excellent spirit. You cannot communicate an excellent spirit if you don't have an excellent spirit. And so today, I just want to talk about excellence. What really is excellence? Excellence, like I've often said and you've heard me say before, is making sure that you make the most out of the resources at your disposal. Excellence is not going to buy the most expensive resources. Let me tell you something. If you are a tailor, and all you can afford is a manual, um, a manual sewing machine and not an electric sewing machine. If that's all you can afford, then that's okay, really. But excellence doesn't mean you now have to go and buy an electric sewing machine. Excellence means making the most out of that manual sewing machine that you have. And until you have made the most of the resources you have at your disposal, you haven't acted excellently. Do you understand what I'm saying? You haven't acted excellently. I'm saying all of this because in maximizing your potential, excellence is such an important virtue to uphold. In maximizing your potential, excellence is such an important virtue to uphold. And the issue is that a lot of people, a lot of believers do not have an excellent spirit. A lot of believers do not have a culture of excellence. A lot of believers do not have a culture of excellence. And I just want 
to speak to um, excellence. How can the believer be a little bit more excellent? Listen, this is actually a practical session. Someone sent me um, a, mes- a message this morning. Um, and then in the message, she sent me a review, a report that one of her friends gave to Circle Church that, oh, the stage looks great. And that the person likes the excellence that we put into the stage design and the, you know, the services. And I've gotten a lot of reports like that. And her comments, let me try, let me try to read her comments verbatim, you know, as she said it. Her comment was interesting. Her comment was something along the lines of, um, sorry, give me a minute. Her comment was along the lines of, these people, it's like these people can see what we are not seeing. And the reason why, I'm sure the reason why she made a comment like that was because um, every other time, the pastorate and the members of the executive council are always on the workers' necks, like, we need to be more excellent. We need to do more. We are not excellent enough. And, and um, so there is this conundrum that develops in the heart of an average circle church worker where you put service pictures on your status and then people are like, my God, your church is mwah. And then you come to church and then your church people are like, my God, we are, eh. you know, we're not doing well enough. And honest to God, I get the point. But that's the burden of the excellent spirit. The excellent spirit sees what needs to be corrected where other people see what needs to be praised. Do you understand? In your business, every other person loves how you are prompt to respond to customers. Celebrate that, but don't dwell there. Move on. All right, we are prompt to respond to customers, but how do we respond to customers? Do you understand? Because this is what I said. Let me read our chat to you. So what I said was... um, this is the secret of excellence. The excellent mind always will always see room for improvement, even when everyone else says their product is great. So if we aren't seeing it, if all we see are the flaws, then we need to work on them. Because soon, these people who are hyping the parts that are good will soon start to see the flaws. And so if you dwelt so much on the parts that were good and you didn't work on the flaws, soon you will be history. This is the story of Blackberry. This is the story of Nokia. This is the story of Mr. Biggs. This is the story of tantalizers. I'm sorry I'm calling names and I'm mentioning brands, but this is exactly what happened to them. For a good portion of time, between, I think, 2010 and 2013, BlackBerry was the king of the smartphone market. You, you need to understand that BlackBerry disrupted the phone markets because Nokia was the king before BlackBerry came. Everybody had a Nokia phone. Everybody, if you were old enough at that time, if you belonged to my generation, then you can remember what it felt like. You know, there was a Nokia 3310, which was pretty famous. And then Nokia started to release these other phones. And I think at the peak of Nokia's innovation, you had the Nokia Express Music. A phone you could listen to music on and play games on. Right? And then everybody was like, this is the future, man. This is, this is the phone. And so the, the bulk of our games were, do you remember that um, snake game that we used to play? Um, we used to play. And then the warp trick. We had all those things we did on Nokia phones then. They were amazing, mind-blowing. But then Research in Motion, which is the BlackBerry company, sat down and looked at, at, at Nokia and said, hold my beer. And they went and developed this excellent BlackBerry Bold one. And then they released it and then the market went crazy. Why did the market go crazy? Because on the Nokia phone, if you wanted to type bold, you had to press one. Three times you had to press the number two two times, then I think you press the number five three times, then you press the number I think four three times, you know, because it was ABC on one on one um on one button, 
then DEF on the next button, GHI on the next button, JKL on the next button. You know, and the BlackBerry came and gave us a QWERTY keyboard. So now, you don't need to tap. You know how difficult it was? If you, if you ever used to go or Facebook on your Nokia phones back then, you will relate perfectly to what I am saying. Facebook will ask you, what is on your mind? And you just want to say, just chilling. J-U-S-T space C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G. Then you start. Then you now press, you now have to hold zero for long to do the space. Do you remember? And then you start. Then And they're like, what is going on? And then the BlackBerry came and said, you don't need to do all of that. Just type, just chilling. Right? And then people went crazy. And then BlackBerry, BlackBerry didn't stop there. Because Nokia was like, okay, let's try and catch up. And then Nokia introduced, you know, all these amazing other features. BlackBerry said, the people are still playing. They created BlackBerry Messenger. And it was the race. Everybody was, you know, everybody was like, what's your BBM pin? Remember when BBM pins were a thing? And you had to memorize your BBM pin always, and then you update your BBM status, and then on your BBM status, it could show what you were listening to per time. And then it was nice and cool. For a long time, BlackBerry, I mean, listen, I'm sorry to say this, but ladies slept with guys for Blackberries. People did ritual to buy Blackberry. Yahoo Yahoo boys were doing Yahoo Yahoo to buy Blackberry. Think about it. You cannot buy a Blackberry bold now for 100k. I mean, with 15K, you can get into the market and buy phones that were 160,000, 190,000 when they came out. They were big deals then. But then, sometime around 2003, 2004, Steve Jobs woke up and said, why do we even need buttons? Let's create a phone that doesn't need buttons. And boom, the iPhone disrupted the market. Listen, that's the difference. It's, it is making sure that you identify the next best way to do what you are doing and get it done. Who knows? Tomorrow, some company named Pineapple will wake up and disrupt the smartphone market because it seems like it's, it's companies that have fruit names that is Blackberry, Apple, so maybe Pineapple is next or Banana will wake up and disrupt the smartphone market. Maybe change the smartphone to um, pure hologram. So now somebody video calls you and then there's a hologram and then the person is right on your face and you no longer have to hold up your phone like this or look for something to prop your phone up against. You know, somebody solves all of those problems. But the point is, excellence is about making a 1% change every day. Pastor Shola, when, he, when we had our interview last week, he mentioned that there are three kinds of change. There's disruptive change. There is um, there's disruptive change. There is, um, is it geometric change, he called it. And then there is the little change. The disruptive change is what BlackBerry, um, what BlackBerry actually was to the smartphone market. Do you understand? That's disruptive change. What the internet was. I mean, before the internet came, um, imagine before the internet came, this was not possible. Do you understand? This wasn't possible. Before the internet came, there, we, we couldn't just send emails out. Do you understand? Before the internet came, if I wanted to write... How many of you remember when you were much younger and then your parents would make you write letters to send home to your grandma because there was no social media? That's disruptive change. Social media disrupted the communication space. Do you understand? The fact that my grandma could be where she is right now and, um, and then I just need to you know, put a WhatsApp message through to whoever is around her so that they can communicate with her. You know, then I had to write letters and then they would look for, instead of they go to the post office to post it, or they would look for somebody that's traveling to the village to help them carry letter, paper. You understand? But now it's no longer that way. Disruption. But then you now have geometric changes and geometric changes are like what the iPhone did to the smartphone market. How... The iPhone built or leveraged on an already existing framework and created a change, you know. So it was like it, it changed in leaps and bounds, but it, it did not disrupt the market. 
But then you have the most important kind of change, which is the infinitesimal changes. The 1% change every day. And listen, people celebrate disruptions, people celebrate geometric changes, but nothing makes more impact than the infinitesimal changes. The fact that every day you ask yourself, what can I do better? How can I improve my processes? For those of you that work directly with me, for the workers in Circle Church, you know that this is, this is the secret behind Circle Church. That every day I am consistently asking, how can our service experience be better? What can we add to make our structure stronger? How can we improve on the culture of our church? Those infinitesimal changes must be made consistently and repeatedly. So how do we go from um, using, for instance, before we were using these normal white or brown envelopes for service to collect offerings? And that's, that's neat in some way. It, it, it is better than, you know, what we used to do when we were much younger, where the offering basket just goes around and then you fold the money in your hand and just dump it in the basket. It's better than that. Now you put your offering in an envelope and you put it inside the basket, but it's an envelope. It's a brown envelope. It's a generic envelope. So what do we need to change? Oh, we just need to put our logo on the envelopes. Let's do customized envelopes. How much will it cost us to do customized envelopes? And then we went ahead and did customized envelopes. And now we have customized envelopes. And people are like, oh, that's better. You know, I, I looked at the picture of when we just moved to Equa, what the stage looks like. And um, now, and I'm like, oh, I see the geometric, the, the power of infinitesimal changes. The rearrangement of the change. When we just moved the keyboards to, um, to one side, the drum was to one side. We didn't have those middle yellow lights that we had. We just had the wash and then the... And the pictures came out looking great. We celebrated them. We thought, oh, this was great. I remember that when I posted the first picture of our Sunday service in Equa, everybody was like, my God, I love the stage. It is beautiful. It is great. We used the stage for two Sundays and then I looked at the stage and I was like, eh, this can be better. We rearranged the stage and repositioned those yellow lights and made them look beautiful and boom, it's better. And honestly, last night, my wife and I were discussing on what do we need to change on our stage? We stayed up, I'm, I'm not joking, we stayed up till about 3 a.m. talking about that. What do we need to change on the stage? What do we need to add to the stage? Okay, do we need to just buy a small light? Do we need to change this? Um, okay, maybe we don't need to go a, do a big change. Maybe just rearrange this or change the pattern or maybe do an auxiliary design, something else that just makes us look better. That's, the, that's what you call an excellent spirit. Because mark my words, you might not yet be a Nokia, but if you have an excellent spirit, you will definitely be bigger than them if you are. What I'm trying to say is, as at the time Apple was getting into the phone business, Nokia was king of the business. You need to understand that Nokia had the market share. As at that time, Samsung hadn't even gotten big yet. Samsung was struggling. But now, Samsung and Apple have the biggest shares in the market, in the smartphone market. Why? An excellent spirit. Maybe what your business needs is an excellent spirit a lot of people are a lot of people don't listen to feedback and that's where the problem is For many of you know me after sunday service i will call you and ask how was the teaching you know yesterday night i had a very long conversation almost one hour with my pastor and then the bulk of the conversation was you can do better in your teaching change this make this better improve on this change so a lot of people say oh poco can teach and i'm like I know you think so, but I can do better. That's what we're talking about. Do you understand? So let me tell you something. That if you make it your, a, a conscious step to make a 1% improvement every day in your business, by the end of 30 days, you have made a 30% improvement in your business. Somebody who... Um, interacted with your business 30 days ago and sees your business now, will we'll see a business that has improved by 300%. You, you need to understand how, or by 30% rather, you need to understand how important that is. 
That if, if it is three months, somebody who interacted with your business three months ago, by the time they interact with your business in three months, they must see a hundred percent difference that ah, 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 things have changed. You guys are doing it better. You're professional. Do you understand? Pastor Shola mentioned something last week, how that he was in a meeting and then he was in the office and then the senior staff called the junior staff and then the junior staff answered, eh. And then the, the senior staff said, don't shout, don't do... He, he, he just called the senior staff aside and said, we need to train this out of the organization. What does it mean of eh? I remember when we were at Ozone and the media team would be setting up and the media team would be shouting, eh, jokes! Do we have light? What's happening? And then I hated it. I hated it so badly. Why are you shouting? So what did we do? We took our time. I personally took my money but walkie-talkies. I didn't ask church. I said, you know what? This is something I hate, so I will buy it. So I went ahead and bought walkie-talkies. That's what I did. I bought walkie-talkies. I said, let me hear, if I hear your voice, you put on the walkie-talkie, hello, can you, is there sound now? Do you understand? That's how to act. That's excellence. So you come to church now, and then you see the media team all walkie-talkie up. So what's going on? And then you're like, ooh, they look so nice. But it just took 1% improvement. I remember when I was much younger, my water heater had a problem. And for years, I mean it, for like five years, I bathed with cold water alone. And I, I remember um, the issue was that it was dripping. And so I just locked it up. And I refused to say it to anybody. So I was bathing with cold water. I mean, imagine this Hamatan season now. Imagine bathing with cold water up early in the morning and then bathe with cold water when it's very cold, you know. But I, I survived it and it actually did a lot to me because I, I noticed that my system started reacting to the cold season. So before, um, um, I would be, I would have very severe nosebleeds um, during the Hamatan season. It was a problem. Until one day I just got up and I looked at the thing and I said, what will it take to fix this thing? So I went and called the plumber. And I said, my, this thing is leaky. He just came inside, looked at it and tightened it. I said, that would be 500. And then it occurred to me that, my God, I got severe nosebleeds because of 500 naira. <laughs> That's what you're doing to your business if you don't make that 1% change every day. That what is the difference between you and the next big Clients could be 500 naira. It could be changing your name. It could be, oh, sending a thank you card when people order. How much will it cost you to make a hundred thank you cards? A pack of thank you cards, a hundred pieces, should be about 7,000 naira. Your business can make 7,000 naira. You can print thank you cards. You know what thank you cards is? Change your packaging. Okay, you sell food. How do you, how do you, Ship your food out. It's very simple. Uh, there's a, let me just tell you now. Even if you sell clothes, let me tell you there's a hack. Print stickers. Stickers are not expensive to print. Stickers should have your brand logo on it. Then buy brown paper bags. Brown paper bags are so cheap, it is ridiculous that many people don't buy them. Buy brown paper bags. When you want to ship your clothes out, put your clothes inside tracing paper tie it with a ribbon, put it inside the brown paper bag, close the brown paper bag, and put a sticker on it. Listen, what I have just said to you will cost you maybe 300 naira more per shipping. Maybe 300 naira more on every shipping that you ship out. But the value, like I'm telling you that you could add 1,500 naira to your bill just because of the 300 naira difference that you Added. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's excellence. That's, that's the culture of excellence. That's an excellent spirit. The fact that one little improvement can lead to so much. Do you understand? I, you know, part of what we train our choir to do, for instance, is pronunciation. Don't go there and sing we make a miracle. What are you singing? The word is miracle. Not miracle. 
miracle, as in miracle. So may we make miracle work, not miracle worker, miracle worker. So pronouncing the words better just makes the song sound better. And really, that's all excellence is about. The extra little that makes everything better. I'm, I'm spending time, you know, this is, this is not supposed to be a long conversation. But I'm, going, I'm taking time to talk about this because I strongly believe that this is what is missing in your ministry. This is what is missing in your business. This, this is what has been missing. This is what has been missing. And so why should we strive for an excellent spirit? The first and most important reason, or not the most important reason, but the first reason is it just gives you an edge. It gives you an edge. Listen, a lot of people will say, oh, I, a lot of people will say, oh, I have an Apple bias. I, I prefer Apple devices to Android devices. But there is a reason why. I have, for instance, I use a MacBook Air. And this, the MacBook Air is not their high-end computing product. I mean, you have the MacBook Pro, then you have the iMacs. And then you have the iMac Pro, you know, if there's any such thing. But the MacBook Air is just oh, for students. But then the MacBook Air outperforms my previous, you know, Windows computer that I bought that has similar specs. So tell me, why in the name of Jesus wouldn't I prefer their product? And what you see is the little attention to detail. I have handled so many smartwatches, but none of them is as intuitive, you know, in design as the iWatch is. I'm, 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 I'm sorry this is not a paid advert, but I'm just speaking my mind. The fact that you can touch each button on the iWatch without touching the next one. It's beautiful. You can't do that on many Android, you know, smartwatches. It's just that little, the little that makes the difference. The fact that I use an iPhone 7 Plus and I have a better camera quality than people who use an S9. I'm not assuming, I'm, I've tested it. An S9 came out almost two years after the iPhone 7 Plus came out. And when the S9 came out, it was a flagship product. And yet, I have um, a better camera quality than most people. Th that tells you this was built. This was built with longevity in mind. And so, if if you if we are talking about excellence, it just gives you an edge. A lot of people run businesses and try to guilt trip their friends into patronizing their business. Nobody's going to patronize your business just because you are friends. I mean, I won't go to my friend's hospital just because he's my friend. You need to be a competent doctor. I'm going to live my life in your hands. Or you need to be a competent lawyer. I'm going to employ you, friendship aside. In the same way, your, the bags you sell must be good. Don't just say, hey, manage it now. You know how the economy is now. He knows how the economy is. So every naira that your friend is spending must be worth it. Do you understand? You're a music artist. You put out a song that you, even you can barely listen to. And then you're telling all your friends, if you love me, you will stream my, you will stream. What? Years ago, Remember, our church was selling um, perfume oils. And she sold me this perfume oil. And um, this particular day, I, I went for a meeting. I drove to the meeting. And um, I left the house in a hurry, so I forgot to wear perfume. And then on getting to the meeting, I noticed, oh, I didn't put on perfume. And if you know me, I like to wear perfume. I don't like to smell. You know, nobody likes to smell. Some people don't mind it, but I, don't, I, I, I particularly don't like it. And so I, I checked around the car, and I saw the perfume oil she gave me. I had left it in the car because I, I generally didn't wear perfume. I still don't wear perfume oils that much. I, I like to use perfume, you know. But then it was the only perfume I had. So I'm like, let's give it a try. And then I wore the perfume in the car, then came and I went up to the meeting. And then immediately at the meeting place, a lot of people were telling me, 
that once I entered the meeting place, the, the smell of the room just changed. That I came in with this, forgive me, rich man perfume smell. And I'm like, oh, for perfume oil that I bought for less than one five, <laughs> that's decent. You see, I bought more because I got good reports. It was value for my money. I, I would say this anywhere. Trips suits are not cheap. But I would rather not buy suits from anywhere else because they give me value for my money. So not only that he is my friend, Pastor speaking to Pastor Sholano, but he makes good clothes. But then some people you decide, okay, let me give this person a trial, and then you give them your money. First and foremost, the money just disappears. And then your clothes are not ready for like three weeks. Even when they promised you that it will be ready within five working days. Your clothes are not ready for like three weeks. And then you, you, when the clothes are finally ready, it's not your size. It's not what you ordered. And, and then they expect you to order again from them. That's terrible. So if you are going to give yourself a competitive advantage, you must go for excellence. I mean, think about it. <laughs> There are two eateries side by side. One is neat, one, and it serves good food at a reasonable price. The other one, the food is just 100 naira less expensive, but they are not as neat. A lot of people overestimate how people are willing to choose the cheaper product. Let me tell you something now. A lot of people grow out of that phase where their option is always the cheaper product. It's the truth. In fact, once you start earning a salary and you start to feel comfortable, you will say, okay, I, I earn a little bit more than I... So I, I have a higher purchasing ability. So I should go for quality, you know, at a good price range. So I'm not going for the most expensive, but I'm not going for the cheapest. And so if your marketing strategy is always let me be the cheapest, you will be, you will be outdated very soon. You become obsolete soon. I, for one, I am willing to pay. I am willing to pay more money for quality. Do you understand? I don't mind paying two thousand naira more on food, and I'm just saying it. And not just food on clothes. If you would guarantee me that the delivery is going to be seamless when the clothes arrives, you, you need to understand why I, I, I sew my suits with trips. The white suit I wore for camp meeting, for instance. He brought it two hours to the meeting time. And I wasn't fretting. I wasn't fidgeting that, ah, my suit, is it going to be? No. Uh, do you know, there was a suit, there's this black um, pinstripe suit I wear. The first time he, I, he brought the suit for me, um, I had paid for the suit. I was going to wear it on a Sunday morning. He brought it 6 a.m. Sunday morning. It was either it was my size or it wasn't. I put it on, perfect fit. You need to understand, that's why I work with him. I know that, oh, if, if he brings it one hour to the time, once I slip into the suit, it's going to be my size. Do you understand? That's what I pay the extra money for. So I, I, I don't mind paying extra money to make sure that delivery is seamless, that the money is brought to my door. If, if you haven't learned anything, learn from the fact that people are willing to pay Delivery food for food um, delivery fee for food that if they take a bag of hundred naira, <laughs> they will still get there and take a bag of hundred naira back. But they will pay six hundred naira delivery fee, five hundred naira delivery fee, seven hundred naira delivery fee because the extra money affords them comfort. Listen, don't just tell people to buy your product because it works or because they are your friends. Let them buy a product because it is the best. And if you can't hit your chest and say, my product is the best, then make sure that you walk towards saying that. I can go on and on and on. There was someone who, the person, he kept pestering us. He, he ran a farm and he kept pestering us to buy fish from his farm. Buy now, buy now, buy now. So one day my wife and I said, okay, you know what, we'll just buy. And we bought, we washed the fish, cooked the fish, and we purged all night. 
And without telling him, when we're giving him feedback, we're like, nice fish, bro. But at the back, we're like, we are never buying this from this person anymore. There's an eatery just very close to my house. They sell very good amala. Ooh, they sell very good amala. But my sister and I went there the last time. This was a couple of months ago. I think around November last year. And we bought amala from them. And then ate the amala. And then purged the rest, like from that moment till the next day. We were purging. And till, till now, I, I swear my swearing, I'm never buying anything from this place. And I'm not. Why? We got there, the place was smelling, it was dirty, the service quality was poor. And then we said, okay, he's, he's, he's a, let's just manage, he's a booker. And, then we, and I would rather pay, I would rather pay more, you know, to have a mala delivered to me that I will eat and I will not die. Than say, ah, don't worry, it's close to my house. I don't care. <laughs> Do you understand? It gives you a competitive advantage. The second thing that an excellent spirit does is that it preserves, it preserves whatever it is you are doing. That little attention to detail preserves what you are doing. Do you understand? It, it, it is, is the difference. It preserves what you are doing. So for instance, and, and this is something I'm still working hard to drum into the members of our team. On Sunday, for instance, um, it was time to stream service. And the person who was handling the stream decided he was going to use the green network. I didn't call names. He decided he was going to use the green network. Everybody knows that the green network is slow. <laughs> Their data plans are terrible. They have great plans in quantity, but in quality, it's not great. And so most people would rather use the yellow network or the red network. But then he decided he was going to use the green network. And it was an oversight. It was just, oh, let's just use this person's, you know, hotspot. And by the time we got there, the, the um, hotspot, the, the, net, the, the stream was already on. We couldn't just end the stream to switch, in, switch to the yellow network. So we were like, okay. Let's see how far this takes us. And it didn't take us far. The stream was cracking. We had good streaming video quality. We achieved good audio quality, things that we've been working on. And we had spent so much money to work on. But it was just that the person oversight, one minute detail, used the green network as opposed to using the yellow, which would normally use and achieve good results. He used the green. And everything we said last Sunday is lost. You need to understand that video is lost. The stream is lost. Anybody who says, oh, I was so blessed by this sermon and I want to go back and rewatch it, cannot. Why? One minute lack of attention to detail. You need to understand that every system is only as strong as its weakest link. And so if you don't pay attention to detail, that part where you didn't pay attention to, that detail you didn't pay attention to, will be your weakest link. It will be the chink in your armor and it will bring your, your structure down. Do you understand? And so we put up an amazing service. I preached a good word. I mean, you need to understand that. Many sermons, I spent a better part of three days preparing the sermon. You know, I've prepared the sermon. I rehearsed the sermon. I hone the sermon. I sharpen it. This is what I'm going to say here. Three days of preparation gone to waste because somebody thought it was okay to use the green network. That's exactly what you do when you don't have an excellent spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm using this example but it walks right into your business. It makes no sense that you've spent hundreds of thousands of naira on product, hundreds of thousands of naira on developing product, but you don't pay attention to customer service. And so the hundreds of thousands of naira that you have spent on product has been invalidated by poor customer service. An excellent spirit saves, it preserves. 
product. It preserves your material. It preserves what um, the Lord has given you in your hands. And so if you don't cultivate a culture of excellence, what you will find is that things die in your hands. Things die. Things just die away. They die off in your hands. And listen, cultivating a culture of excellence is not easy. It takes a lot of intentionality. I said it last week. I, I used to have a very annoying Igbo accent. And the truth is, I'm proud of my Igbo heritage. And um, I'm proud to be an Igbo boy. But at the same time, if I'm going to speak to a global audience, I cannot say I'm Igbo. Manage me like that. I, English, see, if I'm speaking Igbo, then they must listen to me in Igbo. But if I'm going to make them listen to me in English, I should at least try to make what I'm saying understandable. Do you understand? And so I started working on the accent. I started working on how I sounded when I speak. I started taking public speaking classes. I started taking diction lessons. I started making sure I pronounced words properly. So um, I, I gave the example of indicative. I heard somebody say indicative. I was like, what did you say? She said indicative. I said, spell it. She spelled it. I said, that's pronounced indicative. She said, no, that's how Nigerians pronounce it. The proper way to pronounce it is indicative. I said, my God, I checked the dictionary. It was correct. So what did I do? I started pronouncing it that way. Don't just say, accept me the way I am. And then the way you are, you are smelling, you are terrible. No. Work on it. It preserves you. Do you understand? And it, it takes hard work. But the hard work is important. It pays off. I remember a lady who heard me speak once and then she said, this was when I was still in school. She said the first thing that drew her attention to me was, who is this pastor that's speaking with such clean phonetics? I don't believe that my diction is the best. I still don't pronounce some words properly. And there are some things that I wish I could take out. And I'm working hard. So there's this thing I do when I preach. And I'm saying it now, just so you, many of you have heard me say it before, that I'm working hard to take out of my preaching. And it is, are you hearing me? Are you hearing? That's improper English. The proper way is, can you hear me? Or is that clear? Or do you understand? But are you hearing is wrong. And I catch myself saying it sometimes. And I'm deliberately practicing to take it out of my speech. I have deliberately practiced to take out, um, 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 out of my speech. So I try as much as possible to limit the usage, the usage of idiosyncrasies. That's what they are called. You know what I mean? You know, a lot of people don't know it. But one of those idiosyncrasies in, in, in preaching is, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So much so, and many of you can attest to this, that if you are used to leading devotions or you are used to um, public speaking in a Christian context, you will find yourself using those idiosyncrasies where you are speaking in a non-Christian context. So you are used to praise the Lord, praise the living Jesus. You know, as a way to punctuate your thoughts, so, for example, you've just made a point and then you want, to, you want to punctuate and make the next point. And so you end that point with, so praise the Lord. And then it's time for you to do defense, project defense. And then you find yourself mixing it into your speech. You find yourself fighting the temptation to say, praise the Lord. <laughs> Work on it. Do you get what I'm saying? Work on it. Work on the way you speak. If you're... Listen, and, and it all starts from, remember when I taught you on maximizing potential, one of the first things I taught you was, what's the vision? What's the goal? That's where it starts from. If you are going to build a, a global brand, you must start thinking of yourself in a global light. That if somebody from the United States listened to this sermon, would they be blessed? If somebody from the UK listened to my sermons, would they be blessed? If a white person in Singapore listened to what I said, will they be blessed? This YouTube video that I'm putting out, if somebody who wasn't Nigerian listens to what I'm saying, will they be able to follow what I'm saying, number one? And will they be blessed? Will they benefit a lot from what I have said? If the answer to that question is no, then I must optimize my processes. 
This product that I am selling, this dress that I have made, is it going to stand on a global scale? Can I package this dress, put it on eBay, and people in the United States will buy it, and it will look okay? Can I package this dress, put it on Amazon, and people in Ghana will buy it, and it will look okay? If you can't answer yes to that question, then you haven't made a good product. I want, to do, I want to do singing lessons, but I haven't packaged my singing lessons in such a way that a singer in the United States comes across my singing lessons and they're like, boy, oh boy, this is good material. You know, when I say that if you go to Circle Church, if you give us three months of your life, we will make a giant out of you. I, I'm not saying it's, it's not a spiritual brago. I am boasting on the quality of the work that we've put in. There are some times that I'll often say that many of you here, and I'm talking to church members and I will say, many of you here seated in front of me can pastor churches. I know what I am saying. I know what I have taught you. <laughs> Do you understand? Our church runs with a curriculum. Many of you who have followed our church for the past three years, you know there are topics we touch on every year. At every Liberty Bible course, you can guess how I'm going to start. How to study the Bible. You can guess. Why? We are going for excellence. We want to make sure that regardless of nationality, regardless of positioning, regardless of geographical location, wherever we set up a circle church, the promise is the same. The brand promise is the same. That we will give you a family bonded by spirit. We will make a spiritual giant out of you and your life will change. See, the promise is the same anyway. So when I drill the pastors, I'm drilling them in prayer. I'm drilling them in Bible study. I'm drilling them in culture. When I'm drilling them, listen, I'm not just drilling them so they would be nice. I'm not just pastors now. Church members, some of you know. You, you approach me, I will drill you in Bible study. When I drill you, I'm not just drilling you so you'll be nice. I'm drilling you because tomorrow I might send you to Gwagwalada to go and um, pastor a branch or send you to Timbuktu to go and open a circle church. And what is going to happen is that I need to be able to trust the depth and the wealth of the resources we have deposited in you that when you go there, the culture and the brand promise remains the same. That's excellence. If I can't trust that, if I can't, if I can't do that, then I'm not doing a good job. Do you understand it? It preserves. That's what excellence does. It preserves the product. Another thing, number three, um, number, two, um, number three reason why we go or we strive for an excellent spirit is it makes favor easier. Are you hearing me? You see, I've said it again. Can you hear me? It makes favor easier. A lot of people don't understand this part about favor. There is a science behind favor. Favor has a location. Favor must meet you at work. Do you get it that Jesus is not going to walk out into the sea and call people who are sleeping and ask them to cast their net to one side for a net-breaking order of fish catching? No. They have to have toiled all night. If you haven't taught all night, don't expect the kind of results that would wow you and say, my God, we're making... No! So the king did not just wake up and say, let me make Daniel king over or, or set him as ruler over all the whole kingdom. No! The king saw that Daniel had an excellent spirit. Based on what he saw, he said, I'm going to set this one as ruler over all of the kingdom. If you don't have an excellent spirit, listen, many of the activities of God's favor that will come your way will go past you because the person who was sent to favor you will look at you and because you are not in a position of excellence, the person will think that you are not worthy of the favor. One of the things that I, I learned the hard way, not the hard way, but I learned, you know, as, I, as we were growing in ministry is, People are more willing to partner with a ministry that they see is doing work. So don't just sit down there at home and put out, don't just sit down there at home and put out flyers and say, partner with me. I want to do this business. Partner with me. I want to do this work. Partner with me. And then you're not putting in the work. Have, you know, 
One of the questions that they will ask you when you go on Dragon's Den or Shark Tank is they will ask you how much of your own resources have you put into this business? Some of you are just sitting there waiting for somebody to come and say, hmm, I saw you in my dream. The Lord asked me to give you 10 million naira. Send me your account number. Listen to me. That 10 million naira will meet you at your place of work. It won't meet you at home. So excellence makes favor, favor easier. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or can you hear what I'm saying? Excellence makes favor easier. And so if you are going to position yourself to be favored by God this year, do it excellently. And then number three, and finally, it brings glory to God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, whatever you do, it says, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. It actually brings glory to God. When we, when we position ourselves excellently, it brings glory to God. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? You know, when I was, when we were about to start Circle Church, I had to make a decision. Are we going to insist that workers have a dress code? And we refused to insist on a dress code for workers. That is, wear a suit. You know, I know some churches where if you're coming to church as a worker, you must be putting on a suit and a tie. You know, we refused to insist on that. Um, you know, because there is a part of our brand promise that we are a family bonded by spirit. And it doesn't really spell family when um, everybody comes and then everybody's all suited up and you have to wear a suit. So we said, okay, dress casually, feel free. But that doesn't mean you wear slippers to church. What's wrong with you? So you, you, you wear, I, I, like I don't mind shorts, but it must be trendy. You must look really good. Like when you wear the shorts and shorts, people, people must be like, wow, this looks nice. That doesn't mean you wear slippers to church. Because in our church, we are, we are calm and open and friendly. Doesn't mean that you, you will, you will um, dress anyhow. Just wear whatever and come to church. It's not allowed. Excellence brings glory to God. You see, because let me tell you something else that many people don't know. That how you dress to church... Tells us what you expect from church. That's the thing. You know, when learning public speaking, one of the first things um, they will teach you is dress properly. One of the first things they will teach you is dress properly. Why? Because um, aside from the fact that you will be addressed according to how you are dressed. I've seen, I've seen this um, Instagram video. Let me address it now. Where this woman was doing this video where she was singing, um, having colored hair doesn't make you unprofessional. Having colored hair doesn't make you unprofessional. I can take your pictures when my hair is colored. I can take, I can prepare whatever when my hair is blue. Hear me now. And hear me very well. Having colored hair in Nigeria makes you unprofessional. Stop saying... Stop trying to disrupt the system from outside the system. At least become, grow to a place where people have seen your professionalism and understand that colored hair or not, this guy will slay it. Before you go and color your hair. You are a young man in Nigeria. You are looking for work and you have dreads on. Listen, is it a sin to have dreads? No. Are you irresponsible? No. Will you find work though? No. Don't say, eh, we are backward people. No. And there are reasons. The company that you're looking to employ you is also thinking of their customers. As much as Circle Church, let me say it openly, as much as Circle Church is open and free and you have dreads and all, as much as I am free as a pastor, there are gatherings that I will not allow somebody who has dreadlocks on his head to follow me to. Not because I'm ashamed of you, but because I have to preserve the reputation of our brand. 
Do you understand how important that is? If you don't, then there is a problem. And this is exactly what we are talking about. That's excellence right there. You know, part of excellence is making sacrifices for the growth of your company. You are a young lady. You are in a fashion industry. You are in the fashion business. And yet you are saying, I don't like wearing makeup. But you, do, you are a makeup artist. You dress up to church every Sunday. You don't wear makeup to church. But yet you want people to believe you are a makeup artist. How? If you don't use your product, how do you convince people to use it? If you are a makeup artist, you best believe that your face is the first advert that you are putting out. Every Sunday, slay it. As you are coming to church, wear, slay, I, I mean, when people see you in church, they should be like, ha ha, sister. Do you get it? Slay, slay it. Don't just say, I don't wear makeup. I don't like makeup, but you, you are a makeup artist. How do you convince people to use what you don't like? Do you understand what I am saying? Aha. So if, if you are going to position yourself properly and excellently to see results, these are things you need to do. You sell perfumes, you, don't, you have never bought your own perfume. So you don't wear your own perfume. So you come to church smelling ordinary and you're asking people to buy your perfume how are you do you get what i'm saying good so listen i have said so many things in today's um live or today's session and i, I don't want you to miss any of the things that i have said understand this Many times your business or ministry isn't seeing results because of the lack of an excellent spirit. And if you will just position yourself a little better, you will see the results that you've been hoping to see. I hope you've been blessed. I, I, I reckon that this is the last Wednesday this month. This is the last Wednesday this month. However, I'm still going to try and have Tamara, you know, around for at least, I want her to discuss specifically um, the female entrepreneur, the female Christian entrepreneur in Nigeria today. I, I want us to have a conversation on that. And, and I think she is a very great fit for the conversation because she runs a business and um, she's a good Christian to a very good friend of mine. And um, her business has been running for four years now. And she, she's doing a great job. And um, I will still try as much as possible to have Tamara speak to us in-house. All right. And then there was a deliberation we were trying to make on Sunday as to whether we're going to run Valentine's Day um, teachings on Sunday or on Wednesdays. So here's what we're going to do. Wednesday services in the month of February are going to be um, Valentine specials, you know. So we're going to spend Wednesday services talking about um, Valentine's, you know, love, relationship, marriage, all of that. So make sure you don't miss any Wednesday service. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend um, to come around. And uh, let's have, I'm going to have some friends with me, you know. Um, and then generally members of our church who are in relationships, and we'll just talk about what it feels like to be in a relationship, um, ask questions, answer questions, and have a lovely time together. But make sure you are a part of it. Please, if you believe in Circle Church and you love us, you see this video, like it, share it, and subscribe. Share this video, please, and rewatch it. Come back, rewatch it. Listen, the Wednesday series for this January will prepare you for the year in no small way. You need to understand how important it is, that how prophetic it is. Because a lot of people don't see the prophetic um, undertone behind what we are doing. How prophetic it is that we are running this series. You need to realize that 
um, a lot of churches are also positioning themselves in a way to enable and to enable church members participate in the business sphere. And not just in the business sphere, but to maximize their potential. So you have so many conferences going on simultaneously, trying to address the same things that we are trying to address for you. Your church has your well-being at heart. So don't just attend the Wednesday service and, and ignore it. But at the same time, rewatch it. Come back to these videos and make sure that um, you write things down. Share your, share your notes online. Let people see that there's a lot going on and there's a lot um, you have learned from the, the services, all right? the, the streams and all of that. Um, until next week, Wednesday, um, have a lovely time. I'll see you guys on Sunday. I will be preaching on impact-driven boldness on Sunday. Listen, Sunday's teaching will mark a beginning for you guys. I'm telling you, Sunday's teaching is going to be amazing. I'll be teaching on impact-driven boldness. If you are going to leave a mark in this world, you must be smart and intentional about it. And that's exactly what I'm going to be teaching on this Sunday. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you come on Sunday morning. Make sure you are in church. Don't just tune in online. Come to church. All right? Come to church. The service experience is always better in church. Everywhere. All right? So come to church. Make sure you are around. And let us have a lovely time together. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you because everything we have learned today will help us become better Christians and do more for your kingdom in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.